Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Before we stand, I want to take just a moment and honor all of our, our veterans and veterans' families. Not only did those of you who actually served uh, have to do a lot of things, make a lot of sacrifices, but the families also have to sacrifice a lot. So if you're in the military, you've been in the military, you're a veteran, please stand. Families stand with you if you are, any of you. Okay, come on, give them a hand. God bless all of you. God bless you. God bless you. And you can remain standing and hold your Bibles up high if you would, please. Those of you watching online, get up off the sofa, climb out of St. Mattress Cathedral. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. And I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I will never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You have no idea. Sometimes I get up here, I'm thinking, and I almost forgot the words. Yeah, I don't have Alzheimer's, but I do have sometimers. Sometimes I don't remember, so... Anyway, we're glad that you're here, and those of you watching online, we're so glad. We're doing a series on time, and uh, today I'm going to talk about making time, because uh, if we don't make time, time will oftentimes make us do things we don't want to do. And so, uh, people are searching for God today, uh, at least in their thoughts, and uh, with everything going on in the world, and... uh, wonder what, what to do. What are we to do? Well, we're, we're called to make the most of today, to use our time well, to make time. And uh, it, it may sound like somebody doesn't want to. You say, well, I'm going to make time for my spouse. I'm going to make time for my kids. I'm going to make time for God. That's not necessarily a negative thing because there is a lot going on around us, in us, thoughts. And, uh, but the reality is, I could have just called this investing time, but I realize that we have to make time to make ourselves do things that will benefit us in the end game. Not just today, but sometimes down the road. Uh, In other words, some people say, you know, I'm going to make time to exercise, to walk, to do 10,000 steps a day. Nobody wants to walk 10,000 steps a day. We have everything in the world to carry us around. And so we have to make ourselves make time so that we can stay healthy. It, it's not a fun thing, and Susan often, often asked me, he said, you know, do you want to go to the gym today? And I say, no, but I'm going. I'm going to make time to go because I know it's important in my life. Now, that's not to say you have to have the same importance as me or I do the same thing, but there are things in your life that benefit you. Some of you, it, it may be recreational that you, you have to make time uh, to go have some fun, because some people really are not fun. I didn't say anybody here wasn't fun, but some people are not fun. They don't have fun because they don't make time for fun. 
And sometimes you just have to say, I'm going to make time for this. Tomorrow, here's the definition, a mystical land where 99% of all human productivity, motivation, and achievement is stored. <laughs> Some cute things. I'm a multitasking procrastinator. I can put off all kinds of things at once. There you go. That's a cute one. Make sure these are all good here. I'm very busy doing things I don't need to do in order to avoid doing anything I'm actually supposed to be doing. Just a few thoughts for the day. Now let's get biblical. Joshua chapter 6. <clears throat> now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. Now this is interesting because Jericho was a very strong, fortified city, a great military, and it was the last city that Israel would have to take out to get to the promised land. It was the very last one. And so interesting that Israel had not made enough time to put their confidence in God, thus 40 years in the wilderness, and uh, God knew that they, that they would be overcome by enemies. They were fearful. And so now finally they've gone through the Red Sea. They've crossed the Jordan at flood stage. And so you can see kind of the momentum building here toward uh, going into the promised land. No one went out and no one came in. Jericho was a sealed deal. Then the Lord said to Joshua, now this is this one word, see. I think if we could see what God had on the other side of us making time for him, making time to do the things he wants us to do, if we could just see what God had for us, it might change the way we spend our time. Uh, I have several questions I ask people that are going through a difficult time. And it may sound insensitive, what I'm about to say, and I don't mean for it to, but I always ask several questions. One is, well, do you go to church? And that always irritates people because they say, well, I've had to go to church to go to heaven. Yeah, and that's why you're in hell right now. You have no fellowship. You have no putting God first. And, and you wonder why you are where you are. Okay? I'm not saying it's a cure-all and you're not going to get over something by coming to church one day. But the reality is, and I hope that God gets this when I say it, but we're making time for God. Why? God made a whole lot of time for us. He created time for us. And so our response to God should be, I'm making time for God. And that means making time to stop and pray, making time to, to get his word in us as we get in his word. It takes time. And I think sometimes we expect that we should feel a certain way. And if we don't feel a certain way, we're really not sincere about God. Look, there are times you're going to get up and you don't feel like coming to church. You don't feel like being kind. You don't feel like going the extra mile. The reason I'm sharing this is because we live in a world that the mantra is, if it feels good, do it. If it doesn't feel good, don't do it. And it's very important <clears throat> that we grasp this thing called making time. So Joshua says, God says, see, 
I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with the kings, its king, and its fighting men. So God is giving Joshua this insight. He says, see. Now, what Joshua is looking at is a sealed up city. It's barred. It's impenetrable. That's what in the natural. But God is saying, see beyond that. Make time to see. When you get into God's word, God is revealing and helping us see what he will do when we make time to obey him. When we make time to serve him. When we make time to serve others. None of us feel like coming to church every Sunday. Now, if you do, God bless you. Maybe you can lay hands on everybody. But sometimes you're out late, you don't feel good. There are all these different reasons that we make decisions. And we have to be aware that those decisions will always have rewards or consequences. And it's so critical that we look and see beyond what we're facing. And you can only see that by the Spirit of God. I can't always see with my natural physical eyes the outcome of a choice I'm going to make. I have to oftentimes, if not many times, look in Scripture and see what God says. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. But God, I've been so wronged. I've been so mistreated. I've been so overlooked. And we start accessing our emotions in order to make decisions instead of saying, I'm going to make time to overcome those emotions. There are times out loud I have to make myself say, I forgive. I make myself, I make time. And then there are times that God says, I want you to make time to be sure that you have forgiven. There have been people that have literally moved from one house to another because they didn't like their neighbor. And I believe sometimes God allows people to be next to us that we don't want next to us. Yeah, some of y'all live in the same neighborhood as me. But I've realized that what I have to do is make myself. That's what Jesus said. He said, I will make you disciples. I will make you. In other words, they weren't there yet. We're not there yet. And we have to utilize time to benefit our walk with God. In other words, I have to make time to make a way to make myself do what God wants me to do. Don't feel like it all the time. So he's telling Joshua, I want you to see beyond Jericho. I want you to see beyond what you're facing. I want you to see that what I'm saying is going to happen. Many people wait to see, and you'll be waiting the rest of your life. See before you see. Open the eyes of your heart. He says, march around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Now, sometimes you're going to look like a fool to people. Don't you know Israel, these little robe-wearing people, walking around this massive city, and they're on the wall looking down going, what is happening there? God could have destroyed that city in a minute. God, they could have just got their lawn chairs out, put a little tanning lotion on, and just looked up there and said, in a minute, and that would have freaked the, the people of Jericho out as well. But God says, I want you to participate. I want you to participate. God's not insecure. 
God's not like, you know, I, I need you to worship me, please. If you're not in church, I need you. No, God is not. It's not God. We need to worship God. God's not the one in need here. We are. So Israel, <clears throat> excuse me, is proving their faith in God every day, one day at a time. Okay, God, we're going to walk around again. Day two, day three, we're going to walk around again. Day four, we're going to walk around again. And here's what happens. Day five, this is just silly. This is, this is our human mind. This is just silly. God may be telling you, look, I want you to visit somebody and I want you to visit them every week. And I want you, God, this is silly. They're not listening to me. I'm saying all the right things. They're not doing a thing. But guess what? You make time for God, and God will make the time productive. When we worship, we never lose. You can come in not feeling good. You may raise your pinky and worship to Him. You say, well, it doesn't matter. You're making time for God. And we've lost that in this world. What's, and the question we ask is, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? That is the most selfish question we can ever ask. What's in it for me? Now, the question is, God, what do you want me to do no matter what's in it for me? You say, well, I don't want to forgive. I've asked for forgiveness. They won't forgive me. It doesn't matter what they do. You're not going to stand before God for them. You're going to stand before God for you. We don't do it to get things in return, though God said whatever you sow, you reap. You just may not reap from the people you want to reap from. Don't, don't pray and target your prayers towards someone, God, I need all my needs met and I know who can do it. <laughs> and you start rubbing shoulders with somebody you think can do it, and God says, I can use somebody else to take care of that. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark which represented the anointing of God, on the seventh day march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. This is one of the craziest stories in the Bible. We're talking walls, fortified walls, and God said, play music. He didn't say get your bows out, your arrows out, your spears out. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to march, I want you to blow a horn, and I want you to shout. Now, women, you're probably better at this. We're men. We're men. It's like, come on, God, let us take them on. God says, no, I want to show them my strength, not your strength. See, this is the, the problem in our world is we think everything's physical, and the reality is there's some supernatural force behind everything we do, good or bad. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and to use this vessel called our body for destruction. And God says, I want you to use your body with wisdom. I want you to shout. I don't want you to throw an arrow. I, don't, I shoot an arrow. I don't want you to throw a spear. I just want you to shout, blow a horn. Now, I'm in on that one. I'm old enough to go, yeah, I like that better than having a spear contest. When you hear them sound... The long blast on the trumpets have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. Now just pause for a moment and think. 
about a city collapsing simply because we have musicians and loudmouth people. Think about it. This morning in worship, you don't see a physical collapse of a facility, but in the midst of worship, as we shout to the Lord, many things in the spirit begin to collapse. Hatred, anger, bitterness, offenses. Those things begin to fall, not because we're strong, but because we give credence to the one who is strong. So you see, it's important that a lot of people say, well, how can you believe in a God you can't see? It's called faith. Without faith, it's impossible to plead the but to please the God that you can't see or I can't see. We have faith, and that's what Israel demonstrated. We have faith in God. We can't see him. We got this box. It's called the Ark of the Covenant. It's got some special things in it, but we're going to put our faith in God. And the Bible, the reason we read the Bible is not to impress God, but to be reminded how God works. Take time to invest. Make time for him. I was uh, recently, I'm, I'm not, an art enthusiast, but uh, but Susan and I were in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and it's a pretty different place. If you've never been there, it's just filled with art galleries of all kinds. I mean, metal and paintings and just everything, you know, jewelry imaginable. And so I was trying to educate myself on knowing a little bit more than I knew when I went there was about zip. Wasn't going to take a lot for me to learn more than I knew when I went there. And I said, uh, I was talking about, wow, look at this piece of artwork. I said, I, I can't imagine how much time it took. I, it was so intricate. It was I, so many components to it. And, and so the, the person working there, I said, wow. I said, I wonder how long that took. And she responded. She said, Picasso was asked that question one time. Uh, one of his pieces of art, how long did that take? His response was this, a lifetime. It didn't happen in a day. It didn't happen in an hour. Over my lifetime, that's how long it took. In other words, I'm going to, my entire life is given to my destiny, to the outcome, to, to glorify God, my entire life. Listen, we don't categorize. We are people filled with the Spirit of God. If you are a Christian, you are Created in his images like the spirit of God fills us. It's a lifetime. We give our life to this. There is no such thing as overnight success. One golfer was rose to the ranks real quick and they said, wow, you're an overnight success. He said, it sure was a long night. Why? Because every day that you get up, you're making time. To become the person God wants you to become. And it's a never-ending process. Some people think they've arrived. And then we look at some people and we think, wow, they've arrived. They've got status, a celebrity status. they got money. They're good-looking. they got cars. they got homes. And we look and, and we think they've arrived. They haven't arrived. They're just a work in progress. They're just like us. They're just being, they, they may look better than us, but the reality is we have to give our whole life, we have to make time to become who God wants us to become. 
You're not going to get there. I'm not going to ever get there. He who began a good work in me is going to bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus, according to the Apostle Paul. And that's a lifetime. And some of you have quit because you said, I just, I, I just don't want to spend any more time trying. I've had people say, you know, I, I used to serve God. I, I quit. I've had conversations with people who went from Christianity to philosophy to atheism. I, I've talked to them. And, and the reality is they just somehow lost their way. Quit making time. After COVID, I, I talked to a pastor a couple of weeks ago, and I, he texted me, and I haven't talked to him in a long time, and he was asking about the church, and I asked him about his church, and I said, you know, we're still 30% off after COVID. I, and, you know, I, I, I don't have this need to impress. I said, well, man, we're blowing it up. No, a lot of people stopped making time on Sunday to be in church after 2020. Somehow, I guess they thought, hey, you know what? I did all right for three months. The devil would love for us to stay out of church. He would love for you to not come to church. And those of you watching online, I'm glad you're watching online, but you need to be in a church. Watching online is a supplement. It's not an entree. <laughs> you take it to supplement fellowship and serving. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. If you want to be a Christian like Jesus, what was his priority? I came to serve. I didn't, came to, I didn't come to watch. I didn't, I didn't come to check things out. I came to serve. You cannot serve from the sofa. And you say, well, that's not important. It was important to Jesus. Therefore, it's important to me. So I make time. I want to make time to do things that glorify him and help others. In a world marked by tragedy and disaster, we must force ourselves to look for the good. It's, it's, we're, we're, our humanity, our flesh is flesh. Our light in the darkest moment is what we possess there and then and the past moments in time that were marked by someone or something that touched our lives. Nonetheless, having had the opportunity to be alive is nothing short of miraculous. Out of Hurricane Katrina, listen to this, one of the most devastating, if not the most devastating hurricane to ever hit the United States, out of Hurricane Katrina, there were stories of people making lifelong friends. There were people who, will, uh, who met their spouse. Others came out of this disaster and found better jobs. As bad as this hurricane was, God turned things around for many people. Why? They decided to make a difference instead of making an excuse. Everybody that was in that area got hit the same. But there were people who said, you know what? I'm going to make something out of this. I'm going to use time, make time to make a friend. I'm going to make time to look at this differently and find another job. I've been wanting one anyway. I'm going to make time. It will change your life. And yet we make more excuses than we do time. I oftentimes look back and think about my father who's been in heaven now for about nine years. And I often think, I wish I would have made more time to be near him. 
Now, that may sound sad to some of you, and as a pastor, I used to, in my young, dumb years, somebody would lose somebody. I'd say, well, you know, over time, it'll get better. No, it doesn't get better. My love for him gets stronger, and I don't ever want to forget him. I don't ever want it to go away. I've decided that, that, that that's important, so we, we can't go back and fix that problem but we can move forward and not let it happen again, where we take things for granted. The day very well could come in some of your lifetime, some of you, that church really could become, I mean, it's already a target of the government, and if you don't believe that, you're going to call me a conspiracy theorist, but there's been talk in Congress. It's not like our government loves the local church, okay? Can I just say that? Now, there are some representatives who do, but overall, our government does not love the church. And so the stronger the church gets, the more difficult it will be to come against the church. So that's a re- one another reason. You're not just living life for yourself. You're living life for your kids, your grandkids, your co-workers, your neighbors. We're living our life to make everybody else's life better as well. I don't think anything like that will happen in my lifetime that tells you I'm pretty aware of my age. Some people want to live a long time. I'm thinking 100 would be a drag. All your friends are dead. It's like, I want to live a long time. I don't know anybody anymore. They all died. I'm all this left. I just want to live my life in such a way that while I'm breathing, I'm enjoying my life. I don't know how long I'm going to live. I'm just going to make time for God every day. I'm going to make time for the Spirit of God every day. I'm going to make time for Jesus every day. I'm going to make time. Why? Because I have to make time because my flesh wants to do what flesh likes to do. Everybody said, we just want to feel good. I just want to feel good. I just want to feel good. Let me tell you, sometimes when you're spending time with God, it's not feeling good. It's becoming good. And when you become good, then you feel good. But you can't feel good to become good. You have to become good to feel good. I will not repeat that. Make time for the right people. Make time to make right choices. Make time to use the gift or skill that God's put in you. Make time for your faith to be put in action. Sometimes we're asking God to do things and God's saying, when are you going to do something to activate faith to show me you really believe? See, like he told Joshua, when are you going to make time to see beyond the natural and see that we serve a supernatural God who is doing things on our behalf right now. Some of you never thought of it. I didn't think about it when I first five years I was a Christian or maybe more. I didn't realize that there was a spiritual war going on. Joshua 4, when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua... Now, when I say this, this freaks a lot of people out. So, well, God doesn't speak anymore. And, and, you know, well, he may not speak audibly, but there's something happening in here. that there, If you hear voices, that's not always a bad thing. Now, some of y'all need to address the voices you're hearing. But I believe inside us there's that impression from God that we know something and somebody tells us, well, that's crazy. You're not going to stand before somebody. 
Sometimes there will be an impression in your heart that God is saying, don't do this, or God's saying, do this, and nobody hears that voice, and it's an impression in you, and if you're not careful, you will listen to the voices outside instead of the inside voices, or voice. We don't want voices. If you listen to many voices, get counseling. He says, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe. Tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from the right where the priest stood, and carry them over with you and put them down on a place where you stay tonight. God's saying, make time to remember. Make time. You know, years ago when the charismatic movement started, people really started calling the Bible the Word of God. We used to just call it the Bible. And, and everybody, they used to sell these big, huge family Bibles. Some of you may remember this. And, and they were on the coffee table. Now, charismatics got a little carried away and kind of put down the, the not in a mean way, but it's a family Bible. You need to get into the Word, and the Word needs to get into you. I agree with that. But let me tell you something. When you put a Bible out somewhere, you're making a statement. That's the, reason I, that's the reason I still carry this every Sunday instead of just my phone. I'm not criticizing you for not carrying a Bible, but for me, I want to remember this is the Word of God. This is an iPhone. And it has the Word of God in it, but it's not the Word of God. It's got a lot of other junk in here. Okay? This is junk free. This is strictly the Word of God. It is the stone that we carry that reminds us God inspired this word to lead us and to guide us. I like the Bible. I love new Bibles because I really like the smell of leather. So just keep buying Bibles to smell the leather. But it's important that we realize they were marking a place in their life that God did something supernatural. Now, I'm going to try not to jump ahead to next week when I, I talk about this particular issue or this topic. Make time for making life special. Making time to mark moments, places, and people. Make time. Too often we forget. I remember the pastor who led me to Jesus Christ. I remember Charles Morrison, who is in heaven today. I remember him. I make time. You say, why? Because I want to remember that moment that changed my life forever. July 17th, 1970. <laughs> I have to make time. Because when I'm making that time, what I'm saying to God is, I'll never forget what you did for me. I'll never forget. There are dates that I remember. There are people's names I remember that I will never forget. They're etched in my heart. And God is telling Israel, never forget. Never forget. Set this monument up. And when somebody comes by, you could tell them, what's that for? What's that for? That's when God dried up the Jordan at flood stage and we walked across. See, sometimes we quit making time after 
God making a miracle. And you have to keep reminding yourself. I keep telling this testimony, this story that I got hit real bad playing football. And I couldn't raise my right arm. It was so painful. And for years, and then finally, both arms started going numb. Just, I'd have no feeling in them. And I obviously was concerned. I was young. And uh, I didn't know that that particular injury, what it had done. But when the doctor, I went and had an MRI or CAT scan, whatever it was back then. And they looked and they said, you've you got blockage on your spine. Blood's not flowing to your arms. And uh, we're going to have to do surgery and we're going to scrape your spine. I didn't go, well, can I get in quick? How soon can we get this done? No, I'm like, I'm not. No, that was, that was a turning point. I was saved. I got saved, and then I realized, God, I, I was so thankful I was saved, but I, I didn't know the power of God. I didn't know the miracle-working power of God. How many of you know you start making time for God when you get in a crisis? I always tell people, if you don't believe in miracles, if you are one from a church that doesn't believe in miracles, you will someday believe in miracles. Someday. Somebody you love needs a miracle. Somebody you love needs healed. Maybe you need. And that's when I started believing. So if anybody ever wants to argue about miracles, I'm just going to say, well, here's what God put in my heart like he did Joshua. He said, look, if you will lift your hands to me in worship, you will never have that surgery. That was tough for me because I was a guy. came from the country. I, I was embarrassed. I thought, man, I'm lifting my hands. And I, so I, I, you guys have heard me tell the story. Just lift them a little bit, worship. Nothing happened. And it was like God was playing with me. Now, some of y'all, this may offend you, but God and I have a very unique relationship. He's like, really? That's what you're going to do? God does not speak to me like, oh, my son, I love you dearly. But you're only lifting your hands 25%. We need to elevate that. No, no. God's like, hey, really? It's okay. A little higher. God's like, really? Still going numb? Finally, I thought, okay, I'm going to go all in on this deal. Because I do not want to get my neck cut on and my spine scraped. And this was back when a long time ago. Now they kind of have it worked out. Susan just had her neck surgery done, and she's doing good. Back in the day, I'm not sure. It'd be like, well, yeah, it's a coin toss. Long story short is here we are now, 40-some years later, I've not had surgery. Now, I will tell you this. Listen to this. This is really, I'm, I'm going to share. This is kind of like confession here. Every now and then, my hands will go numb. Just every now and then. It's like the devil says, see? I said, nope. I shake them. <laughs> see, that's, I mean, that's almost as dumb as Jericho. I mean, think about how God sometimes gets our attention and, and we say, you know, this is just really stupid. Sometimes God will ask you to do things that look stupid. I mean, it's just a given. And if we'll do them and we'll make time to do them, they will make a difference in our lives. So, remember the someone, that someone special, something that don't ever forget the person that helped you, made your life different. Take time. That something, that, that special something. For me, that special something was actually getting a bachelor's degree and then getting a master's degree because I, out of 28 cousins, like I told you some time ago, only three or four even went to college. 
So for my family, that was a big deal. It was a big deal to me. Somewhere, that special someplace. I still, on occasion, drive by the church where I gave my life to Jesus just to remember that moment. You say, well, that's just silly. No, no, it reminds me of who I was, and now it reminds me that I'm not the same person I was. It reminds me how great God is. You see, we're all going through something. And every Sunday we gather to make time to glorify God, number one. You see, sometimes we think church is for us. And to some degree it is. But the reality is church is for us to give glory to God. To encourage others. And to celebrate the life we've been given. It's very important that we, to some degree, categorize, if you will, our lives. We're spirit, soul, and body. The soul is made up of mind, will, and emotions. And so we have to ask ourselves, how much am I, am I feeding my spirit? And you say, well, how do I feed my spirit? Well, you feed it by praying, by meditating, by the word of God, by being in church, by serving. That feeds your spirit. And we're living in a world where the spirit of God is withered in, in, in throughout the world because of an absence of our making time or investing time in that part of our being. So if you ever wonder why you're going through something, don't think that God's punishing you. Actually, sometimes when I'm going through something, I feel God drawing me to him. It's not that he's causing it, but that I'm being drawn to make time for him. Make times of worship, worship. You know, the reason we have two services here is the whole idea is to work one, worship one. That's the whole idea behind. I, I, we could fit everybody in here in one. But then you know what? Some people would never. And some of you don't take advantage of it anyway, but some do. Some people work and then they worship. And, the, and then here's the American response. Wow, that's like three hours. God help me. We act like this is a real sacrifice. I gave God three hours of my week. Oh my, aren't you going to get the purple heart of heaven? It, it saddens me that we can go to movies, we can go to entertainment facilities, we can do all kinds of things, give hours to our flesh. And not even give minutes to our God. Not even give minutes to our worship. I'm not rebuking you today. I am challenging you. If you want all of God, give God all of you. If you simply want some of God, that's probably what you're going to get. If you give some, and you say, well, that's just not true. Whatever you sow, you reap. If I sow time in worship, I believe that I can walk around 
you know, you have these things you have to plug in. I believe that's just kind of like we've got these under counter lights that you plug them in and they then they grow dim and you plug them back in. You know what? Between Sundays, you need plug back in. You can't make this. I can't make this on my own. I, 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 anybody would ask me what would the, is the priority in your life? My kids, my wife, doesn't matter. God is first. And if you can't deal with that, you talk to him because talk to my hand because the face don't understand. I'm going to serve the Lord. You can't just sit around and expect God to do something when you're sitting on your there. Folks, I, I'm, we, we're living in a sissified world with sissified preaching because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I'd rather hurt your feelings than be taken up and watch you down there. I would rather do that. And, and we, we don't challenge anymore. It's like we, we've become patty cake church. I want to challenge you, man. If you're not doing something, do something. If you're coming to church every six weeks, start coming to church every week. Oh, that's a, okay. Every other week for a while. Say, Pastor, now you're meddling. No, I'm pastoring. This is what pastors do. And, and, and what they should do is say, look, you wonder why your life is feeling mediocre. And some of you say, well, I'm not. And I'm just, I'm having the time of my life. I don't serve God. Some people are fooled into believing that that's the time of their life. But as I've said before, earth is as close to heaven as sinners will ever get. And earth is as close to hell for Christians than it will ever get. This is it. And so it doesn't just happen. You wonder why some people walk around happy, blessed, even in the face of adversity, you wonder why. Because they've made time to put God in his rightful place first. Number one. You say, man, you know, I don't really like getting up on Sunday. I, gotta, I, 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 I know people who will drive every week 45 minutes to an hour to watch Oklahoma State Cowboys in a traffic jam. And I promise you, on my life, you will not see traffic jams on Sunday morning. No, you won't. No, I, man, I have to drive so far. You drove in the midst of idiots. I watched the, 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 the Bedlam game. I was coming south. They were, I, I mean, I was like, my goodness. They're going to watch a bunch of people kill each other. Concussions, helmets, cuts, bruises. But I have to drive 25 minutes to church. Oh, I want to be at the gate when you explain that one to Jesus. <laughs> this is one conversation I want to hear. Well, you know, God, I, I had kids, and I had a job, and I, I just really didn't have time for you. You are so lucky I'm not God. I'd be looking at you and say, well, I have no time for you right now. Isn't that what we look at in the flesh? And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to be real. I don't want to finesse something that's so valuable and so important. I want you to get this. Quit dancing with the devil. Make time for God. Make time for his house. Make time for his word. Make time. 
You can do all those other things to how many hundreds of hours we have. To do other things. And I promise, you know, i got to let you out. It's great when you come at 930. You know you got an escape. Because <laughs> there would be people lining up at 11 going, what are they doing? And we ain't going in there if he's preaching this long. I'm sucking all the time out of this I can get today. Whopping hour and 15 minutes. You can go out beating your chest. God, hour and 15 minutes for Jesus today. I'm all that in a bag of chips. Yeah, God, don't forget this. You got an hour and 15 minutes, old Marky here. Make time. Or time will make you. Don't let time be your God. Be the authority over your time. You get up and say, this is what I'm going to do today. Because when you wake up and you open your eyes, I promise you the devil has a schedule for you. And it does not include God. You have to determine that. Let's pray. Father, help us to overcome the weaknesses of our flesh. The fatigue, the exhaustion. The desires, the pleasures, all the things that flesh comes to do to distract us from making time for you. Lord, we're not doing this so we get to go to heaven. We're doing this so we don't have to go through hell. God, we're doing this because we love you. We're going to heaven if we've confessed you as Lord and Savior. That's not the issue here. It's living an abundant life here and now. And we know we have to make time for that. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We never close a service without praying a prayer of salvation. And those of you watching online, you can pray this right now. You don't have to be here to be saved. And so if you pray this prayer, God's going to hear your voice. He's going to hear your heart. Your life's going to be changed. So I want everyone here to pray this. And I want you to pray it. He didn't say... Okay, when I, on the seventh time around, I want, they're going to blow the horn. I want you just to whisper. He said, no, I want you to give a loud shout. This is our loud shout, is that we're praying out loud so that people around us don't feel all alone and say, I need Jesus, but I don't want everybody to hear me because this is a tough, a tough thing to do. It really is for someone lost. So let's help those people who are lost. Pray this with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for loving me so much that you gave your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time or to recommit your life, watching online or in here, please take a moment, text the word SAVE to 405-500-1310. Now those of you in-house, our prayer team will be over to my left, your right, I'd like to ask you just to go over and say today I gave my life to Jesus. Mark this moment and be marked by this moment. Don't ever forget this moment. This is a life-changing experience. Mark it today. So do that if you would, please. At this time, I want to receive our tithes and offerings. Again, very simple to give. Our QR code is now, I believe, working. Um, if you have a smartphone, you can you know how to do that. They have them at restaurants now. You just put your camera on there. It'll take you to that site, uh, and you can set up a giving uh, just one time, or you can do it 
just set it up. It's up to you. Uh, you can also cancel it anytime. So uh, you can also text the word GIVE to 405-546-2226. 405-546-2226. Uh, and you can set that up on a, a credit card or debit card. You can also give on your way out if you're in-house. You can go to our website, mosaicokc.church forward slash GIVE. Or you can mail it to 5821 Northwest Expressway right here in OKC, 73132. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come to the left of the stage. And those of you, listen, let me take a moment. In the seat back in front of you, there is a card that has all this information on it, uh, what to text, how to serve, all of that stuff. Um, you can get online and, and you can make all this happen. You can text and make all this happen. Uh, if you want to serve, and I would encourage you to serve, you say, what do I do? You know, it would be wonderful if we had... Uh, People in every area at all the doors and out in the parking lot. We've got two golf carts if you're really into driving fast and funky. They're supercharged. Not really, but that, that got some men's attention right there. Um, anyway, we want you to be able to serve. You can text the word to that same number, 405-513-10. If you want my midweek call, if you want prayer, uh, whatever it might be, it's on this card. It's in the seat back in front of you. Take it home with you, meditate on it, and do something with it, okay? Let's stand to our feet. We do go out with a shout, just like they did around Jericho, uh, so that spiritually <laughs> the walls that are in your life will collapse. The people who hate you may still, but you won't hate them. And that's a big step right there. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we give to people how what they give to us or we think about them, what they think about us. Don't do that. Let those walls fall. Love Jesus. Love people regardless of what they do. You're not standing before them. You're standing before God. Let's go out with a shout of hallelujah on three. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Or join us online. God bless you.